Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I record today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So in my 15 years plus of writing in the self-improvement space, I've had a lot of listeners, readers identify as perfectionists. I identify as one myself. So perfectionism sounds like you're humble bragging about being awesome, but it's actually so much more than that. And it's never about being an amazing human. It's, it's more than that. We'll get into it. Today, I have Nicole Baker from Life Coach Baker to talk about perfectionism, what it looks like, how it can start, and how we can overcome perfectionist tendencies to achieve our goals without holding ourselves back. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. This is an awesome treat. (laughs) You're so welcome. It's so lovely to have you. So I like to start each episode with a recommendation. Uh, and mine this week, I don't know if you would know about this show. It's um, it's called 24 Hours in Emergency and it's on Australian SBS and it's based at St. George's Hospital in London and they just film the emergency room over a 24 hour period. And it's just like, it's just lovely. So it's like, it's funny and sad and sweet and gross. And it's just like, I'm just really into it. It's lovely. So it's like, it's British. So it's not kind of like too sensationalized, but I don't know if you'd even be able to find it in, in the US. But if you ever happen to stumble upon it on one of your cable channels, it's yeah, particularly if you like, you know, medical stuff, which is a bit weird. But I mean, if you do, I love Grey's Anatomy. I love Grey's Anatomy too. My, um, the email that I'm sending out today has a link to, do you like scandals as well? Like I used to people... love scandal. Oh, the show scandal or no, 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 no. Like just regular scandals. Like, are you on board with mm. like inventing Anna oh. and the Tinder swindler? Girl, Carly. I love <laughs> inventing Anna. <laughs> I was not expecting to love that because I'm not really like a mystery or like a true crime person. I saw that show and I was like, I called everyone I know, I feel like, and I was like, you need to watch this right now. And they were like, who are you? I'm like, what are you doing? It was so Very good. good. Very did good you show. listen? Did you listen to the podcast before they did the show of it? I didn't. No. My friend recommended it to me and she was like, you should really watch this. And I'm like, it's not really my jam. She's like, no, you need to watch this. And it's since then we've gem. also it's it's so good. And then since then we've started watching the dropout. Highly recommend. I'm only halfway oh through God, it, but I so highly good. recommend that one too. Yes. Yeah. So I read the book like when it first came out by the guy who wrote it, Carry You. So that was like I think it's called Bad Bad Blood, and it was like 2018. So we read it really early because my my partner's an entrepreneur and owns his own business, so he's really into like um, Silicon Valley culture and unicorns <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So he's totally. like, sorry, uni- <laughs> unicorns, not like actual uni- unicorns, aren't real. A unicorn is um, a billionaire in San Francisco. (laughs) Just in case you wanted to know, like randomly shoving unicorns in there. Um, And she was a unicorn, one of the first female ones. And so he was just like, he just felt deeply wounded by the whole story. He was like, no, like, you know, we had a a woman going out there and doing the thing and it turns out she wasn't doing the thing. It turns out she was a little cray. (laughs) No, it was not ideal. I can't decide if she's a mad genius or just totally mad. Like, I, I and I, I don't think you're supposed to know by the end of the show. Um, and I think that's well, kind you of don't the know in real it. life. No, like if you've if you've been following the story, you have no idea. And Amanda Seyfried's performance is 
unbelievable. Uh, unre- like literally my fiance and I will quote back and forth like it's an inspiring step forward <laughs> like over and over and over again <laughs> it'll get old soon I'm sure but no, what if, one of my friends girlfriends does the most incredible impersonation of her so she keeps sending us all these videos going just one drop of blood <laughs> Oh my God. She's so good. She's so good. It's incredible. Anyway, the point is, I did have a point. Uh, The Grey's Anatomy. So if you're into all these scandal things, which you clearly are, there's an, um, I've linked to one in my email today, but I'll just send it to your email. There's a writer on Grey's Anatomy who has lied about having cancer and has been inserting all of these, like, like uh, all of her own stories into Grey's Anatomy, like episodes. And it's all coming out that she's been lying the whole time. It's so good. It was in it was in Vanity Fair. I'll send it to you. You'll love it. Please, please send it to me. That is yeah. Because I've got a I've got a friend who like sends me all this stuff about like grifters and things. And he's like, I've got a new liar story. And he's like, it's about Grey's Anatomy. And it's so much better if you watch Grey's Anatomy. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Oh. Oh yes. Please. Anyway, send that to that's me. my recommendation. What's your recommendation? <laughs> well, mine is going to be super different. <laughs> We've just been talking about. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I was like, what are like what's like the top things I recommend to people? And the first thing that comes to mind is an app called the Nike Run Club. I'm a big runner. I love running. It's a habit I picked up like a weirdo at the beginning of the pandemic. And I ran two half marathons since then, and I love it. But it would have been impossible for me to have done, honest, even a mile without this app. And it's totally free. But they have hundreds, if not thousands, of guided runs on this app. And I've recommended this to people who are like, I've never run a mile in my life. I'm lucky if I can get 0.25 without throwing up. And they'll message me back after using the, it's called the first run, is like the first guided run. And they'll message me back after it and they're like, oh my God, I just went two miles and I feel like I could go five more. Like, what is this? And I'm, so it's magic basically is what I'm saying, but it's a (laughs) great, great, great tool. If you're really wanting to get in the habit of getting into like a running practice or even just like an exercise practice, he's really inspirational. He's hilarious. And it's just, it's a fun little free tool that you can use to make it a little easier when you're not wanting to pant your guts out you know <laughs> so that's a great recommendation and do they have like it's kind of interactive and you can like follow other people is that right I can't remember that if so I don't use that part of the app it's like you can log every one of your runs so it'll time it for you and if you have like headphones or something in maybe halfway it'll be like time here's your running time you're halfway basically turn around if you're doing an out and back so you don't end up in the <laughs> if middle you need of to nowhere. go home like go home <laughs> um but that's really cool but I discovered the the um, guided runs not long after having the app. And I was like, this needs to be known by everybody. Cause he's like, he'll like come on in between your music. So you can still listen to your music while you're doing it, but he'll like come on and be like, Hey, like make sure you're running in form. Are you breathing? You should probably slow down. Like, cause so often people, when they're starting a running practice, they go, 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 yeah. go, go. And they're like, what well, can like, I run so for? Exactly. Cause it's like, that's what quote unquote a runner should do. And it totally ties in with perfectionism. Cause that's how we see like the perfect runner. It's like you run a four minute mile or a bust. And that's just so not the case. The first run, it's like, I want you to be running so slow that you literally have no idea. You, you think that I, let me try that again. I want you to literally be running so slow that you might be asking if I have any idea what I'm talking about. Like, and it's so <laughs> funny. Um, 
but it's it's great and it really slows you down it gets you into being able to do this as like a longevity thing rather than like short bursts that make you want to die so highly recommend it's a great app Perfect. I love it. I've never really got into running, but I have tried like catch to 5k and a few things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll give it another shot. There you go. (laughs) So I have you on the show today to talk about perfectionism and I reckon it's really misunderstood by a lot of people. I know a lot of people who kind of self-diagnose themselves with perfectionism and maybe have it a little bit wrong. So can you explain to us what perfection, what perfectionism is and maybe tell us what you think most people think it is? Yes. I'm going to start with what most people think it is. Whenever we think of a perfectionist, it's like this super type A. Their house looks immaculate. They're dressed perfectly. Their hair's perfectly. Everything is just a super perfect little box. And like they just, they have their life together, period. That is a form of perfectionism, sure. I would gather that there's probably some other stuff going on, but perfectionism goes so much further. It is basically this idea of if I don't achieve X or if I don't um, show up as Y, then I'm not enough. The root of perfectionism is truly just no matter what I do, I'm not enough because I'm not perfect. And I'm not going to totally throw social media under the bus, but I'm also not going to not. It, <laughs> when we were growing up or even social or even um, society as a whole, like we're as women, especially we're taught like this is how you're supposed to look. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to blah, blah, blah. And it's not just gender. It's totally across the board. I'm just using this as a clear example. When we're taught that we're supposed to look a certain way and then we don't look a certain way, we shame ourselves. We feel like we're not enough as we are currently. And unless we look like her or unless we act like her, then we're still not enough. But if we act like her, then we will be. So it's this idea that if you're not doing X, then you're not enough. Now, this could be in a form of um, how you feel about your body, your health. It can also be in a form of how you go about your goals, how you go about achievements in your life. Like I have a lot of very, very, very high achiever clients who struggle with perfectionism because they're always trying to achieve the next goal, thinking the next one will make them perfect. And it never does. Imposter syndrome is also a huge aspect of perfectionism because it's like, if we're not super knowledgeable, then we can't show up. If we're not perfect, then we can't show up is the underscore of that. So it, it is so much more common than we give it credit for. I have yet to ever meet someone who is not, not blah, blah. I've never met someone who hasn't struggled even just like a little bit with it in some capacity most of the time I meet people who struggle with it in a larger capacity, but I also might be uh, dipping into a biased source because of what I do. But it's just, it's so much more common. It's not just that picture perfect life. It's the people who are trying to achieve that life and beating themselves up along the way. So do you think that's kind of a cultural thing as well? Like I'm wondering, cause like we certainly have elements of that in Australia, but I do see through social media and mm. through having more access to kind of like real people in the U S it does seem to be quite a bit more intense over there. Like there seems to be a real kind of, uh, you know, meet the guy of your dreams, get married, have babies. There seems to be that real pressure to do that. Living in a big, beautiful house where all the walls are white. And like, we have that to some extent, but to some extent, but it seems, it seems pretty intense over there. 
Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think it's definitely <laughs> a cultural thing. Um, and I especially think like with America, it's like the American dream. Like you hustle, 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 yeah. work, 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 work. And then you achieve success. And that just does that. Um, that recipe just doesn't work anymore. It's not real. Like we have driven society to a whole different level where there are kids that are 16 starring on TikTok, making millions and millions of dollars. Like that's not the American dream anymore. It's just so skewed and so different, but everyone feels like they're, and I don't know if it's the same in Australia. Like if I'm not working 24 seven, then I'm failing or then I'm going to fall behind. And there's just constant like urgency that we live with that feels like if we don't go, 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 then people are going to think we're lazy. If we're lazy, we suck as a human being and everyone's going to hate us. And of course that just spins us down. Is it like that in Australia? Uh, I definitely think there's, there's elements of it, but like we have, like this is going to sound like a horrible humble brag, but we have like much better like working conditions and leave entitlements (laughs) and things like that. So I kind of just think culturally that actually does make a really big difference. So I know that like we, we took our one-year-old to New York, which is, she's three now, but at the time she was one and I got chatting to an Australian who lives in America and she was just like, my leave entitlements here are terrible. I'm expected to go back to work straight away. There's like four weeks of annual leave. Oh no, it's like two weeks of annual leave a year. Yes, two. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's just so bleak. What is well? I mean, like it, it, it really does depend on what company you work for. I actually wouldn't know because I don't work full time, but I know lots of friends probably get close to six. Like it's yeah, and and they get like (laughs) and and sick. There's sick pay that's different to uh, like leave pay. So you like if you're like if you're sick, you can have leave for like caring for someone. There's also personal leave that you can take if you're like moving house and things like that. So yeah, I just think I wish people could see my face right now. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I am just really interested in like the, like the cultural element. So for instance, my, Mm -hmm. my, my partner works with a lot of Italians and they they basically don't exist for their entire summer. So it'll be like two to three months where like, like, like shops just close down. They're like, it's summer. I don't work in summer, which is beautiful and wonderful. And I just think it's really interesting to look at the the, the cultural aspects yeah. behind the way. Because, you know, we are known in Australia for being quite laid back and for being quite chill. And that might, yeah, be because our government treats us a little bit nicer. You know, I, I hear this so much with, like, people, especially in, in the country I live in. It's like, I'm so burnt out. I'm so burnt out. I'm so burnt out. But the idea of taking time off literally causes them to break out in hives. They like, I, there's, there was a huge um, viral video going around where it was like me, a millennial taking time off of work. And it's like, I'm going to be in surgery from three to five. If you need to reach me, call myself. My, like, I'll, I'll be available <laughs> oh at 515 for, an, for emails. And it's just like, it's so true. Yet another reason why I decided to work for myself, but that's a whole yeah. other podcast. But well, see, that's the thing. Like, you work for yourself, thinking that you're going to be working less, but it's just <laughs> not true at all. No, it's not. It's definitely like those first few years of like really putting in the dirty work, and then I feel like you get systems in place where, like, at least for me, it's like I feel like I have my productivity systems that have really given me the space to like open up time in my schedule. But that also means like. I barely check my phone during the day because I'm trying to do like the really deep focus work that would in a distracted environment, like with my phone, take me like four hours, but with deep focus, I'm able to do it in two or less. And I feel like that really helps. 
but there's always something to do. So there's always that little underlying, like, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, again, that's a whole other podcast, but yeah. So can you tell us like, oh, and just to clarify, like Australia is not perfect, but I just know that like there, there, there are differences between like, I mean, let's not even talk about the Scandinavian countries. They've just got it sorted. Like I just want, <laughs> like take me on a boat, take me there. I'll go there tomorrow. That sounds great. It's, it's perfect. That's what I want. Uh, so can you tell us how perfectionism can get in the way of goal setting and achieving? Yeah. So I look at this almost in two different ways because I see it in two different types of personalities. There's the person who is constantly chasing achievement. It's like the achievement hamster wheel. They'll achieve one thing. Ooh, but it's not enough. I can't celebrate myself. It wasn't big enough. It's the next thing. And then, ooh, the next thing is it. And it's just this never ending. No matter what you achieve, no matter what you do, it never feels like enough. You never really let yourself be happy for longer than like six minutes. So how does that affect goal setting is if you're going after goals not celebrating yourself, not feeling good about yourself, always feeling like there's another thing, always feeling like there's another thing. Again, it's that form of perfectionism. You feel like there's that perfect version at you at the end of that goal, and then you reach it, and it's the next one. It's the next one. I will be super blunt here. I've never met someone who's been on that path who has found achievement, and or excuse me, who's found fulfillment in their day-to-day. They're always tired, burnt out, exhausted, and just so serious no one does that path and is like my life's fun like they're so so serious and they take themselves so seriously so I always like to say to those type of people make sure you're enjoying the life you're working so hard for you have to you have to have fun you have to let yourself really like enjoy and relax so that's number one however number two I've deemed the procrastinator I want to go ahead and say this real quick, though. A lot of people hear procrastinator and they're like, oh, that person's lazy or oh, that person's meh. Procrastinators are not lazy. I have never met a procrastinator who has been deemed late or who has been dubbed lazy. They are working so hard. They have these huge, beautiful dreams. They're just working hard on things or doing tasks that are not moving them towards their goals. So how that affects goal setting is if I'm a procrastinator, I have this amazing, beautiful goal that I see and it's just like, it's so beautiful. Oh my God, there's so, there's so much overwhelm to get me from where I am to there. When we're in overwhelm, our brain shuts down. We go into flight, fight, freeze and procrastinators choose freeze. So they'll reach for something that's a little bit more comfortable, like scrolling through TikTok or like listening to a podcast. So yeah. Yeah, that's really how I see it. I I see it almost like that fork in the road. You can go down one path, you can go down the other. I've been down both at different phases in my life. Um, It really just depends. Yeah, I totally agree. I definitely resonate with with both of those. It's either like one thing after another, like I've done this thing, now I have to do this thing. And then sometimes when you get to the point, I kind of feel like overdoing the overachiever one will kick you into procrastinator like yes. and then you'll be like oh no that's all just too I've done too many things I, I'm freaking out and then you kind of like stop I actually feel like maybe this is my theory that a lot of us that were on the overachieving path COVID kicked us into the procrastinator path Ooh. what do you reckon about that I'm curious I want, I want some data <laughs> um no I I like that and I definitely could think of a few people who fall into that category as well I'm a weirdo and I'm on the exact opposite of the spectrum. I was almost so overwhelmed by all my goals. Like, cause about a year, maybe even less than a year before the pandemic hit, I started my business 
and I was kind of like dipping my toe in. I was doing a few little different things. I was trying to do everything when it was a little bit frantic, but I was so overwhelmed and I was always reaching for the comfortable activities. Then when COVID happened, I was working two jobs at the time. I lost one of them and I was like, oh shit, I got to go all in on this or else. And then I way too leaned into the overachiever. Um, yeah, it's, it, it really depends on what phase of your life you're in and what the external environment is around you. I think that we're so malleable. I do think that there's more of a home base, mm. one that you tend to live in. And I'll go ahead and throw the third type of perfectionism in here because I do see those two when it comes to goal setting. However, when it comes to types of perfectionism, there's that overachiever, that constant go, go, go. There's the procrastinator, the person who's like, oh, that's overwhelming. I'm going to scroll through TikTok. Then there's a people pleaser. There's the person who's always putting everyone else on a pedestal above themselves. And when we do that, we're never going to achieve our goals. We're always going to be putting other people first. And it's like, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, they asked me to do something tomorrow. Never mind. I'll do my thing the next day. And so it's a form of procrastination, but it's almost like you're, you're doing it for others rather than it's a self-freeze. It's more of a constant putting yourself on the back burner, which neither feels very good. So I feel like- But also I think- Go for it. I think a lot of the time with people pleasers, because I know that like I've gone, like I'm usually not a people pleaser at all. I'm very much running my own path, but occasionally I've slipped into people pleaser and it's because I like gold stars. I like people thinking I'm a good person. So my, my reasons for people pleasing have always historically been entirely selfish. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to do this thing so that people think I'm nice. <laughs> Just throwing that, just throwing that out there as like a, as like a, like a rogue version of a people pleaser. I'll go and tell you, you're the overachiever. I know this without even telling you. That's like the top of the three. That's ten out of ten overachiever status. Have you ever taken Inst, not Instagram, uh, Enneagram? Enneagram. Yeah, I think I have. Do you remember what you are? Can you can you try and figure out which one? Like, tell me which one you think I am, and I'll tell you if it's right because well, I can't I, remember. I have two that I'm kind of going back and forth between. There's number. There's the first one I'm thinking is three, which is the I'm the three. That's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. I was like, I th- but there was a secondary one as well that I I can't two? remember. No, probably not two. Uh, eight. Eight remember. was my second choice. My second guess. Oh, okay. Which is like All the right. Challenger. I have... Like. Yeah. Yeah, I have done it. I've I've oh no, I'm not a challenger. I'm certainly okay. not a um I'm not a combative person in any way. Oh, okay, okay. Um scrap that one. I'm a, like I, I'm into justice and I will be like, uh oh, look, that's not cool, but most of the time if people are fighting, I'm just there with my popcorn, like I don't get involved. That's a um, free move if I've ever heard it. I love it. And I'm the I'm a three too, by the way, so I can yeah. I'm definitely there with you. <laughs> I have done it before. I haven't looked too much into it. I've been trying to get an Enneagram expert on the show. So if you know anyone who does Ooh. good Enneagram stuff, I would love that because the listeners just love personality stuff. Yeah. I will shoot some people. I've never like physically talked to someone or like done like a coaching call or a podcast interview with someone, but I'm actually also in the hunt for that. So I'll send you over the oh, names nice. that I'm looking for <laughs> and or that I'm looking at and you can reach out to them as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So if someone does suspect that they are a perfectionist, do you have any red flags that can tell us that like that, that might confirm that someone is a, is a perfectionist, particularly within your three areas? I was going to say, I would divide them into the three. So if you're the overachiever, if it feels like you are doing everything right and you're still not happy, boom, that is it. I will guarantee you it is because you're searching for happiness in an external environment or an external achievement 
That's not where happiness comes from. It comes from internal. You can make that switch in the flip of a hat. It's obviously, you know, I'd go, I'd go through a few steps of a process, but like it comes from fully from within. It's not from like, oh, if I make a million dollars, then I'll be happy. Nope. It's an internal thing. So that would be my first red flag. Secondly, if you're a procrastinator, I I like to think about it like this. If there's that inner frustration that feels like I'm not living up to my freaking potential and like that, oh my gosh, why can't I just get things done the way I say I want them to? That's procrastinating. And again, procrastination gets such a bad rep, at least in the States. It's like such a like, dun, 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 you're a procrastinator. And I really don't view it that way. I view it as you're just using the tools in your brain in a way that right now your brain is striving for comfort. And that's because you're so in overwhelm, which is a very human need, a very human tendency. When you're so in overwhelm, you're going to strive for comfort. It's a base human survival technique. The way you need to work it is to learn how to use overwhelm to your advantage. I'm getting ahead of myself. People pleaser is a lot of people pleasers. This is the funny thing. The people pleasers I've talked to always know they're a people pleaser. I know I'm a people pleaser. I know I say yes to everyone, blah, blah, blah. But, and then it's some excuse or some like I can't seem to change it or blah, blah, blah. Now, for people pleasers, if you don't know who you are and, or you don't know you're a people pleaser and you're looking for a red flag, if, you're re- if your schedule is filled with things for other people and nothing for yourself when you want it to, that's it. Boom. If you're exhausted and you can't say no to someone, that's another one, I would say. Hi, it's Carly. Just popping in to remind you to leave a review if you haven't already. Thanks, mate. Back to the show. Perfect. They're, yeah, they're really good, like solid lines in the sand. And it's also good to hear them because then you can know the ones that you're not as well. Yes. Um, yes. So let's talk about people who think they're perfectionists, but are actually not. So like, how can you tell if you're a true perfectionist or like you just have trouble focusing or you just kind of have delusions of grandeur? <laughs> I think, again, I do think that perfectionism lives a little bit in all of us. I think it's hard to be in this world and not have a little bit of it. Um, however, if you're someone who really enjoys their day to day, you feel like you are enough as you are at any given moment. You're like a truly happy person from the inside out. Would I say you're struggling with perfectionism? No, I say you're a pretty happy person. Congratulations. <laughs> Teach us your ways. Right. And so instead of, of looking at like, people who think that they're perfectionists but actually aren't. I, I've never met someone who thinks that they're a perfectionist but isn't. But that's mostly because they're looking at perfectionism in a way that's like, again, that cookie cutter box. Like, I'm a perfectionist because I like to keep everything perfect. Again, I would guarantee you there's something else at play there. A lot of people who tend to like have to have everything super, super perfect, it's because they have a standard in their head that if it's not met, you're failing or you will not be loved anymore. And that is deep, deep, deep rooted perfectionism. I would recommend, cause there's, there's the, the type of perfectionism that I work with is more in that goal setting. It's more in like that. I can't seem to get out of X pattern. 
If you're in that setting, like I need everything to be in those little perfect boxes, I would recommend a different path for you than coaching. I'd probably recommend more like um, a, a therapist who specializes in perfectionism or OCD tendencies or something like that. And there's no shame in that. I have seen wonders come out of therapy and then people come to me and we totally kick ass. Like, but there's kind of that step one. I don't know if that answered your question. But no, it does. It does. Absolutely. And like, there's, there's always something behind that kind of thing. Like, particularly when people are overachievers, it rarely comes from a place of like complete calm and happiness. There's usually something that you're trying to compensate for, but it's the same with people pleasing and it's the same with procrastination. Like it's not, it's, you know, there's, there's always a reason behind why you're like, I'm going to say indulging in those behaviors, not indulging, just kind of participating in those I'll go ahead and give you a little peek behind the curtain as to why it is. When we have a certain value we're trying to hit, I'm going to use an overachiever, for example, because you and I both fall into that category. If I'm trying to strive for achievement every single day, my value that I'm trying to hit is achievement. But there's a rule or rules, I would argue, that must be met in order to me to feel like I've actually achieved something. An overachiever's rules or checklist is another way of saying it. Their checklist is dumb. It's insane. It's the length of a freaking pamphlet times infinity. Like, it is so impossible to meet everything that you have to qualify as achievement. And by the way, it's not like, oh, if I achieve this goal, then I feel achievement. It's if I achieve this goal and my spouse loves me and my kids are the best in school and my puppy is the best well-trained puppy ever. It's like, it's all these different things combined, then I'll be happy. And that's just impossible to meet. It's the same thing with procrastination. It's the same thing with people pleasing. There's a value you're trying to hit and your rule for defining that value is impossible to meet. Yes, I completely agree. You're, you're, Really, you touched a nerve there with me, I'll be honest. (laughs) Uh, So how do we actually overcome our perfectionist tendencies and is that even possible? Yes, it definitely is. And again, I'm going to go in in the different types because not one size fits all. When it comes, let's go the other way. When it comes to people pleasing, if you're putting everyone else on a pedestal above yourself and you're constantly quieting your own voice, quieting your own space and energy that you take up, so that other people can shine or other people can be heard, your number one step is to do the inner work that will get you a louder voice. This one's the most annoying, in my opinion, as a next step, because what does that mean, right? Like, what is right. a, what is doing the inner work? I'll go ahead and tell you, you're doing it right now. You're listening to a podcast about personal growth and development. Hooray, you're doing it. <laughs> doing uh, Listening to a different podcast, listening to a book, um, or reading a book. People still do that, apparently. <laughs> apparently not in my head. Uh, uh, what's another? Taking a course. Um, talking to a friend. It's something that is reminding you of how badass you are. Working with a coach, working with a therapist. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, when you have that one-on-one work, you will automatically find that inner power a lot faster than if you figure it out on your own. Trust me. I was a people pleaser once. So... <laughs> When it comes to people pleasing, really and truly start doing that inner work, start trusting your own voice, start figuring out who the F you are, and naturally you'll start saying no a lot more. It's just kind of a natural progression, like a little domino effect. 
when it comes to procrastinating, it's really not procrastinating. It's just you're a little bit too familiar with that feeling of overwhelm, right? So instead of saying like, okay, I just have to push through and do it, I would say what's something you feel overwhelmed on? Like something on your to-do list that feels so tiny but is actually really causing you a lot of stress and you keep procrastinating on it. One I hear a lot is um, responding to an email. They're like, I don't know why I just can't get myself to do it. It's because you are thinking about having to respond the perfect way. So I chunk things down into one setting tasks rather than looking at, let's use a bigger example, rather than looking at um, build my website. That's overwhelming as hell. How the hell do you... That's a massive amount of work. Of course you're procrastinating on that, right? When our brain hits overwhelm, again, those lights kick on. It says, fight, fight, freeze. You're going to freeze. So break it down into those one sitting tasks. Again, one sitting tasks are more tasks that you can do in like 60 minutes or less. (laughs) So build my website turns into research three website platforms that I've heard of and sign up for the one I like the best. Number two create a login or find a theme that I like. Number three, map out my different pages, not write different pages, map them out. It's chunking things down into these teeny tiny little minute tasks until you can't chunk them down anymore. A complaint I hear a lot though is, God, that feels so elementary or that's so boring. Like, do I really have to, that's so much work. Why would I do that? Yes, because if you have a habit of overwhelm, You have to work with the overwhelm. Eventually, you can drop the one sitting task. You'll just figure it out. But when you're starting a habit of driving a car, you can't just hop in the car and go on a freeway. You got to learn each step of the car. It's the same way here. Then looking at the overachiever. This is the one that pisses people off the most and I love it. (laughs) I'm bracing myself. Uh, (laughs) I'm ready to hear it. I'm going to I'm going to feel personally victimized by it. If you're an overachiever, you're constantly searching searching for achievement (laughs) over and over and over again, your number one task is to slow down. No. (laughs) I won't. I'll tell you why. Fine, tell me why. (laughs) Because if you're constantly chasing achievement after achievement, you are not listening to the thoughts in your own head. You are not slowing down and actually paying attention to who you are. Remember, Happiness comes from inside, not outside. How the hell do you know what makes you happy if you're constantly moving at a thousand miles per hour? You gotta slow down. Now, people hear slow down and they're like, oh, that means laying on the couch and watching Netflix or laying on the couch and taking a nap. No, that's just a form of slow down. In my opinion, slow down is an activity or something that gets you in the present moment. There's a great quote that says, life is mastering the art of when to speed up and when to slow down. Overachievers, you've mastered the speed up. You're good. Stop it. <laughs> like, you got it. You need to learn how to master the slowdown. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna also overachieve and uh, tackle another thing I also hear on this one. People think that they won't achieve as much if they slow down. And the opposite is actually true. Because when you're constantly chasing achievement after achievement, you're doing 100 different things that maybe only 20 of them are actually moving you forward. When you slow down, you get the clarity to look at those 100 things, see what the 20 actually are, and ditch the other 80 or make them automatic or hire someone else out to do them. You get to have that clarity so you don't feel like you're frantic all the time. So as annoying as it is, and it's going to feel uncomfortable, trust me, 
it still feels uncomfortable for me sometimes because I have to remind myself like, no, this is a, this is good for you, Nicole. Like, but it still feels uncomfortable because anything outside of our comfort zone feels weird. Yeah. We're so comfortable with flooring it on the gas. So when you slow down, your body's going to be like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? And when we have that moment, our brain's going to kick into overdrive and immediately want to feel into what's comfortable, aka moving at a thousand miles a minute. You got to slow down. You got to learn to be uncomfortable with that because that's when you learn the 20% and then you just do the 20. And I have seen people transform their lives with just focusing on that 20%. Well, there's actually like, I've got a good example of me actually doing that. I promise I did do it. So so I only do, (laughs) I only do social media on Wednesdays now. So I take Instagram off my phone on, oh, look, I mean, like when I say Wednesday, like I installed it last night because I wanted to say some things before today, but Wednesday's kind of like my, I'm here online and I'm available day. Um, And generally from kind of Wednesday night to Tuesday night I don't have Instagram or Facebook I never have Facebook on my phone anymore um and Instagram is just is is only there on Wednesday and that feels uncomfortable like I often I and I like I love not having Instagram on my phone it's amazing Mm -hmm. it's so good but for my business I'm kind of like do I need to be there every day do I need to be one of those people who's their first thing in the morning and last thing at night and in everybody's faces and I was like you know what Instagram is huge it's saturated. I have to keep reminding myself of that and putting my focus onto my podcast and yeah. putting that out every Wednesday is working so much better for me, but I still have, and I've been on when I've been doing my Wednesday thing for, I don't know, like a year now and yeah. it's great and it's working, but I still question it like every day. <laughs> I'll be like, that's no, amazing, I, need to, I need to build my Instagram profile. <laughs> well, that's, I, I'll go ahead and tell you, I've never met someone who is on Instagram from morning till night constantly checking their phone constantly checking their phone who is happy they're yeah. always comparing themselves to other people they're always thinking about like oh well shelly's launching a course right now but they're making a free offer oh i need to do both i need I, i'm behind i need to do and it's just like this unnecessary tension i'm very i'm very strategic when i go on instagram i make sure it's like i'm going on instagram for business and when i put on like my business hat I'm so much more efficient on there. I'll go through the DMs. I'll do a story or something like that. But I don't scroll because that's where it gets me. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it just, it just, it, it's unnecessary stress and pressure. And again, I don't do it all day, every day. Because there's, oh, we, we were doing, we were talking about this uh, pre, pre-recording. I'm very, um, maybe we were talking about this pre-recording. I can't remember. Anyway, I'm very, um type A when it comes to my schedule. I am very chunking down my time. I'm time blocking all the time. I can't have my distractions on my phone be distracting me from that time. It, I read a statistic. It takes you on average 20 minutes to get back on track after getting distracted, even if that means an email appears at the top of your screen or your phone lights up. 20 minutes. That is such valuable time that like, I digress, but that blew my mind. Yeah, same. That's that's scary enough for me to be like, oh, maybe I won't be on Instagram at all. <laughs> like I toy with yes. it. I toy with it constantly. I'll be like, maybe, maybe I just won't do it at all. But I do like it and I like chatting. It's it's a nice way to kind of connect with the people that are totally. listening to you and, and engaging in your stuff. And, and I do actually enjoy that. I just don't need to do it every single day. Uh, so do you have, just before we wrap it up, two quick and dirty tips to help calm perfectionistic tendencies? 
shameless plug, but I've seen it help a lot. I have a quiz that is what type of perfectionist are you? And if you have taken this or if you've listened to this episode, you're like, I know I'm the overachiever for sure. Then great. Try the slowdown. If you're the procrastinator, great. Try the, try the, um, uh, chunking things down. I will say I have a mini course. It is literally $7 per module. It is so cheap, so easy, but you get so much value out of it for each of these types of tendencies. I'll give you the links to those. Um, I'll include them in the show notes. Beautiful. And it's like those, just those quick little, uh, quick little videos, um, about, they're about 10 minutes, each of them, but they chunk down everything we just talked about in a really clear and concise way. You get a workbook and all this kind of stuff. So you get to do the own work for you. Note the word for you. I always say personal development is personal. You might be the overachiever, but your slowdown is going to look very different than my slowdown. You need to know what your version of that looks like. So I talk about that in the course. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, but yeah, I'd start with the quiz. And then if you want a deeper dive, I'd go into the course, but trust your gut. It's always there. Perfectionists shut it up all the time, but it's there. It's screaming at you. Trust it. Whatever it is that you like, you've been shutting down through your gut. Like, I, oh, sh- don't, I don't, I don't want to hear you. Let it speak and then act on it. And probably magic will happen. I guarantee you. <laughs> Perfect. Everyone listen to their inner selves and let the magic happen. Yes. Uh, so I like to, <laughs> I like to finish the show with a little segment called kicked my ass and kicked ass. So it's where we share something that we sucked at and then something that we were awesome at. So what kicked my ass this week is that, so I knit and I crochet, I, I'm mainly Lovely. a crocheter, but I started knitting during um, COVID Anyway, so I'm knitting a jumper and it's gorgeous, but it has this thing in it called a Latvian braid. And I spent all this time, I spent all this time learning how to do them and I've mastered it now, but I hate it. Like I hate it so much. Every time I come up to a bit where I have to do a Latvian braid, I'm like, I hate this. And so I've had this jumper. I'm usually really fast because I'm an overachiever. I do things quickly and I do them well. And this jumper, (laughs) and now it's pushed me into procrastination territory because I don't like the Latvian braids. And I can't decide if I should just keep pushing through and just punish myself and do the stupid Latvian braids because I have already learned how to do them. Or should I just totally ditch it and do the pattern without the Latvian braids? So that's my kicked ass. If anyone has an opinion on that, I'd love to hear it. But I've got this half jumper sitting there and it's for a friend for their birthday and their birthday is in July and it is what, May? May. (laughs) Someone help me. Tell me what I need to do. Can I make a recommendation actually? Just because I had something very similar like this come up. I paired that like, oh God, I hate this activity with something I loved doing. So, um, I love, uh, a podcast called binge mode. It is the nerdiest podcast you could ever imagine. It takes deep dives of like Harry Potter and game of Thrones and like picks them apart every single episode and like goes into the backstory. It's my sweet jam. I love it, but I paired it with that. So like whenever I get to those points, I just get to like, listen to something I love doing and it's like, Oh, yay. Like this is great. So that worked really well for me, obviously personal development is personal. So to each your own. (laughs) (laughs) I will give that a go, but see, I'm already like watching TV or doing something I like doing Mm -hmm. when I'm doing it. It's just the actual activity of getting, and it's just this particular point of the project that I, if anyone's listening, please tell me what to do because I'm I'm annoyed. (laughs) So what, what kicked, what kicked your ass this week? You know, we were talking about this before we hopped on air. I went through like an emotional shedding of a skin this week and, um, along with it, so many tears, like ugly, ugly tears. 
So what kicked my ass is really, I've been stuck. I was kind of noticing I was stuck in a pattern for about four months. And I was like, what is going on? And you know, us overachievers, we, we hate being stuck. I always love knowing what my next step is and always love knowing that like I'm on the right path and something just felt so off. So what kicked my ass is truly discovering the clarity of what I need to do next. And it was like an emotional, uh, just like drain coming out, like the floodgates had opened. So it was, while it was so beautiful, would I want to go through that experience every day? Yeah, it just feels like that experience, while it totally slapped me on my ass hard, it was something that was so beautiful. And I always feel like you have like learning experiences from any time you get your ass kicked. Um, even if it's sometime like, don't do that again. You know? That's perfect. Um, so my kicked ass this week is that, well, I say this, like, I think I might finally be on the mend, but having said that, I've definitely had to edit out a few cough, coughing fits in this episode, but generally my energy's better. So we've been like, we've had gastro and then we've had like gastro again. And then we had like non COVID, which is just like a week of us all just feeling like we've got the flu, but I am actually starting to feel semi-normal again. And I've, I've gone to like three morning gym classes this week, which I haven't done in a long time so yeah so that's really good I'm feeling like I I can actually like do things again which is great so yeah what's what's your kicked ass this week oh, there's nothing better than that feeling of like the veils lifting um yeah my kicked ass this week is I really have started a running regimen again like in Colorado right now in the states um in Colorado right now in the states it's actually starting to get warm again and I'm so it was 37 degrees this or that's not Celsius that's Fahrenheit. No. I can't. I'm so yeah. sorry. I have no idea. <laughs> I, what I can't figure Celsius. it out either. I, I know it's close to zero. It's close to zero degrees Celsius. But yeah, uh, that might be a total lie. We'll figure that out. Math. Um, but it's been really, really cold here, and uh, finally, like it's starting to get warm and stuff like that. And I'm not a cold runner. I don't enjoy running in the negatives at all. So um, it's been really nice having that back in. And it's like, oh my gosh, I actually feel like I'm getting back into the routine with it again and like starting to like build up my endurance. So that feels like an ass kicking in uh, kicking, kicking ass. feels like a kicking, kicking ass. ass indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect one. Thank you so much for being on the show, Nicole. It's been a blast chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits. You can also email me, contact at carlyjacobs.com. Don't forget, you can record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. For all the resources that you hear about on the show, you can grab them at patreon.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. And one more thing, please do leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. Uh, My Apple podcast app hasn't updated in quite a while, so I haven't had any new reviews to read. It's still showing me the episode that I uploaded a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, if you have left a review and I haven't read it out, I'm sorry. They haven't been coming through. Uh, Hopefully next week. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.